Well, hello everyone. Today as our episode number one, we're going to start talking about salvation principles. And our salvation principles, when you first become a Christian, there's lots of things that you probably don't know, things you don't understand. You just started out this new walk with Jesus Christ and you would like to learn more about him and and try to figure out what it is you need to be doing and what it is you may not need to be doing. But uh, some things that you need to understand, some basic principles about your salvation, is what we're going to go over today. So Uh, Just kind of follow along with me. There will be some scriptures and you can pause the podcast at any time and and write these scriptures down. And and trust me, the reason why we are doing this is because so many people that have enjoyed this material wants to hear it again and again and have it on the way so that they can stop and rewind and hear something else. Check a scripture out, uh, listen to the material over and over and get it embedded into their spirit. So um, as you follow along, you do have the ability to pause the podcast, look up scriptures and read them and study them and spend all the time you want to, and then come back and pick up where you left off. So just uh, remember that as you're going through these episodes. And so starting off in salvation principles, uh, just like your physical birth, your, your spiritual birth is an entrance into a new life. You've You've been uh, born again, as Christ said we needed to be, into a spiritual life. And the purpose of this lesson is to explain those things that happen uh, when you become a new Christian. So there's lots of principles and truths that you need to understand. And first thing we're going to look at is mercy and grace. Because when you receive God's mercy, the first thing that you receive is mercy and grace. And uh, so we need to understand what his mercy is. And mercy is when you are... Um, when you're not given a penalty, like, like if you were sitting in a courtroom and uh, you had been caught um, caught speeding and um, you you were doing 25, 30 mile an hour over the speed limit, you got a ticket and you show up in the courtroom and the judge has mercy on you and he does not give you the penalty that you deserve. That's mercy. Grace is when you're given something you don't deserve. So, uh, uh like uh, as Christ went to the cross for us, you heard this preached somehow when you became a Christian, but Christ went uh, went to the cross and he took your penalty. He, he took what you deserved and you were not given what you were deserved. He had mercy on you, but what he gave you was eternal life because of his punishment. And that is something that you don't deserve. So you received uh, eternal life which you didn't deserve, and that is grace. You didn't receive your punishment that you did deserve, and that's called mercy. So understand that you didn't deserve, or you didn't receive the punishment that you did deserve. That's called mercy. You received the gift of eternal life, which you did not deserve. That is God's grace. And uh, I gave you an illustration of of getting a speeding ticket. You go into the courtroom and you didn't have to pay for that speeding ticket. But good fortune, uh, let's let's talk about some definitions. If you're you're not caught when you're driving really fast and and going down the highway in a, let's say you're doing 80 and a 55. Let's just really put it up there. Good fortune means you didn't get caught while you were breaking the law. Justice means if you get caught, you get a ticket because you get you get tagged on the crime that you was doing. That's justice. Mercy is if you get caught, he lets you go and don't give you a ticket. Grace is if you're caught 
and given a ticket and the officer pays the fine and let, and gives you freedom type of thing there. So if you kind of look at it that way, that kind of helps you understand what Christ did for you at the cross. He he paid a price that he didn't owe, but you owed it. So he, he, he gave you freedom that you didn't deserve. So the Apostle Paul describes what, what it was like uh, what our lives were like before God saved us and, and tells us what God has done for us. In Romans chapter 3, uh, verse 10 through 12, he says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is not one that understands. There is none that seeks after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all together to become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. He's, he's, he's describing to us that everybody was born into sin. We don't know what good is. We can't live a good, righteous life. We can't do enough good to be righteous in God's eyes. Uh, Romans 5, 6 through 10 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me before we become Christians. But God God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us anyway, much more than being now justified not by our actions, but by his blood. His, his blood was shed as a penalty for our sins. We were saved from wrath that we deserved because of his actions through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, Jesus Christ. And so much more we are reconciled and we shall be saved by Jesus's life. That's what, uh, that's what those scriptures mean to us. So we need to understand that God uh, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our death, our propitiation for sin. He literally swapped places with you so that the penalty would be paid, justice would be served. God is a just God, and he, he makes sure that all things that are wrong is paid for, and so he sent his son to take those payments. He allowed you to walk free, not because your sin wasn't paid for, not because your sin was forgiven you. Your sin was completely paid for. It was, you know, justice was served on you, but it was served through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He took your penalty. So justice was served by God Almighty. You just get to walk free and not have to pay the price that you should have paid. So God's principle of substitution, God's grace was evident even when Adam and Eve first disobeyed him. Genesis 2 15 through 17, and the Lord God took man and put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree in the garden you can eat, but of that one tree in the middle, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. For in the day that you eat, you'll surely die. And Genesis 2 and 25 says, they were both naked, the man and his wife, they were not ashamed. But chapter 3, verse 6 through 7 says, when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired. Y'all see how it says she saw it was good, it was pleasant and desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate it. She turned around then and gave it to her husband, and he ate it also, and the eyes of both of them were opened. It, was, it wasn't that they was blind, 
their eyes were open to sin. Their eyes was open to the, the knowledge of good and evil and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And, and so uh, in verse or chapter three, verses eight through 12, they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and, the, and his wife hid themselves. Why did they hide from God? The same reason everybody hides from him now, ignores him, tries to push him out of their conscience because they know that they're sinful and they don't want to talk to a just and righteous God because of the sin in their lives. Adam and Eve knew that they had already done something wrong against what God told them to do, so they hid themselves from him. And so the the serpent, we heard the story about the serpent. The Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou have done? And of course, she blamed it on the serpent. The serpent said, surely you won't die. And so she ate the apple or whatever it was, a plum, a pomegranate. We don't really know what that fruit was. It could have been a persimmon for all I know. But she ate the fruit that was forbidden. It may have been a fruit that nobody even knows. But that's not the, the real case here. She did something that God told her not to do. The serpent tricked her into believing that she wouldn't die. She didn't die a physical death. That's not the death God was talking about. God is spiritual. He breathed his life into them so they came to life spiritually when he made man and breathed life into them and their life became spiritual. They were alive spiritually. When they partook of the fruit, disobeying God, they died spiritually. Their bodies didn't die, but they began the decay of the body. They would have had the life that they were supposed to always have and never faced pain, never faced iniquity, never faced anything that we face now in this world now, but because of their sin, their disobedience to God, their spirit died and the, and the body started facing that scripture that we say it's appointed a man wants to die and then the judgment. So we need to understand that as our, as our uh, salvation plan. And I want to talk to you just a little bit here about Jesus' sacrifice he became our substitute. I, I hit on that just a little bit earlier, but Jesus became your substitute to pay your price. That was God's plan all along for our salvation. Isaiah 53 verses four through six says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he was wounded for our transgressions, not his own, he didn't have any. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed and it goes on to say, all we like sheep are gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, ignoring God, ignoring his lessons, ignoring his word, ignoring his commandments, doing whatever we want to do and not following his word. So every man has gone his own way and the Lord have laid on Jesus Christ all of our iniquities to be punished and to be beaten and scorned and to pay the price so that justice for sin of mankind could be given and justice was served, but justice was served on mankind, on Jesus Christ, on that cross. And those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, those of us who believe in Jesus Christ for our salvation, his payment for sin becomes our payment for sin. His death becomes that death that we are supposed to face. It's appointed a man wants to die and then the judgment. He doesn't talk Jesus doesn't talk physical all the time. God's word talks spiritually. We, it's appointed us to die 
and then be judged. Well, we died. We faced our death and we were judged. Our sin was judged on the cross of Calvary, but it was judged in Jesus Christ. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, you don't face a judgment for your sins if your sins have been forgiven and paid for in full by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your judgment is already in past tense. You can rejoice in Jesus for that. See, 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says, For he hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made or viewed as being righteous in front of God because of what Jesus Christ did. Galatians 3 and 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law and the condemnation because of that curse, because Jesus Christ was made a curse on the tree. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. 1 Peter 3 and 18 says, On Christ also hath once suffered for our sins. Christ suffered for our sins, not his own. He was perfect. And then the next statement in that verse says, The just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty, that might bring us to God. So see, we need to understand that Jesus paid that price. As long as you have faith that Jesus Christ died for your sins, I know you've. if you are a new Christian and maybe you've just gotten up from the altar and your tears are still wet, the, tear, the, the altar's still wet from the tears of your eyes crying out to him, you may have prayed that prayer and not completely got a, a total understanding of this, but I want you to understand that you do not need to let the enemy, the devil, tell you that you are not saved. Jesus Christ paid the price for your sins. And as long as you are believing in Jesus Christ, as long as your faith and the actions that Jesus did on that cross, not just believing that he exists, You've got to believe that he did more than that. You have to understand that your sin has to be paid for. You have to die. There has to be a death and blood shed for your penalty of sin, and justice has to be served on your sins. You have to understand that. And when you believe that Jesus Christ took your sins on the cross of Calvary and God, the Father, the great and almighty judge, passed judgment and sentence upon you, through his son. He, he's passed judgment and sentenced his son to death for you. He killed his own son. He punished his own son and, and put him to death on your behalf. And if you believe that in faith and you receive that in faith, that's why you are saved. There's nothing you could have ever done about your sins. There's nothing you can do about your sins now. The only thing you can do is believe that Jesus Christ paid your price. He received all the punishment so that judgment could be served and God's court of justice could be satisfied that the penalty for sin has been dealt with. And it was dealt with in Jesus Christ on the cross. And I've been saved by his love. I've not been saved by his love because I deserved his love. I've been saved by his love because of his grace on me and him taking on all that penalty. I need to clearly understand that salvation is God's work start to finish in my life. I've been accepted as a child of God because of my faith in Jesus Christ. It's not based on my merit. It's not based on anything I do, but it's based on the grace and mercy that we talked about earlier that God has given to me through the cross of Calvary that his son Jesus Christ has died on.
The expected results of a correct understanding in our hearts should be that we have a thankful heart for this great gift that we have freely received through the person, Jesus Christ, and we need to have a significant importance. This correct understanding will strengthen us whenever the enemy, the, the devil, tries to condemn us and deceive us into turning back and thinking that we're un, unworthy and we have a lack of godliness, and it and it'll cause us to question and doubt our faith and, and doubt our salvation. We have to hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering because God is faithful that promised. He promised if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation, that he paid your penalty for your sin, and justice has been served on you you through Jesus Christ. Don't let the enemy talk to your mind and put thoughts in your head to make you believe that your salvation is not valid because your sins have been dealt with. You have to believe that. You have to know that in your heart that Jesus has covered your sins. He's paid your price and they've been dealt with and you never have to deal with that sin again. If you go back and mess up and you sin again, ask God to forgive you that sin. There's only one death. There's only one bloodshed for that sin, and that sin was paid for. Every sin that you commit from now on, you can still refer back to Jesus Christ. Tell God that I am so sorry that I have sinned. I'm so sorry that since I've become saved that I've put my faith and trust in Jesus. I have messed up, but Lord, I, I, I ask you to forgive me. And let me lean on that. Let me have grace of Jesus Christ to cover that sin. That's what he's there for, that his, his punishment once for all, never again does he have to die. He's paid the price of sin for us. So what's the difference between religion and Christianity? Religion teaches that there's something you can do to make yourself acceptable before God. True Christianity teaches us only what Jesus Christ has done on your behalf makes you acceptable of God. You you cannot do anything. You cannot work and you cannot uh, work your way into being saved. You can't be good enough. You can't do enough good deeds in religion to make yourself acceptable because you were born into the corrupt flesh that was sown from the seed of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden at the beginning when God created and you will always be corrupt in your flesh, but God has brought incorruptible into your spirit through his son, Jesus Christ. He's given you grace and mercy and true Christianity says, despite my flesh, despite my wrongdoings, but despite the things that I'm living in, despite my corrupt thoughts that I've lived in the past, despite everything in my flesh that will never measure up, Jesus Christ has paid a price and caused me to be redeemed through his blood and it is his actions, not my own. It's his actions that makes me acceptable before God Almighty and makes me a child of God. John 14 and 6 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. There is nobody that can live a life good enough, nobody that can do good enough deeds and walk a perfect line. Your flesh is still corrupt born into sin and you need a savior and you need somebody to get you out of that sinful nature that you are in and only Jesus Christ is the one capable of doing that. Jesus gave me salvation and there's no other way that I can have it. 
Jesus said that I assure you, anyone who hears my words and believes me, who sent and believes God who sent me, they have eternal life. So he says, you have to hear my word and believe my words. Believe who I am. Believe that God sent me for you. And you will have eternal life and not come under judgment. You hear this. Uh, now listen, this is John John 5 and 24. I assure you that anybody who hears my words and believes him, the Father, who has sent me, you have eternal life and will not come under judgment, but you have already passed from death to life. That is something for you to rejoice in and to hold on to when the enemy tries to tell you that you cannot measure up to what you're supposed to be, that salvation doesn't matter to you because it don't matter what you're thinking. It don't matter what your flesh looks like. It don't matter what the things in this world look like to you. If your faith is in Jesus Christ and you believe what he did on the cross for you, he says you will not come under judgment. You have already passed from death to life. Eternal life is not an object. It's an endless quality of existence with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's making me want to preach this, but I want to tell you, you need to understand as a new convert in Christ, someone who's just come to Jesus Christ, he's telling you, let me read John 5 and 24 to you again. Memorize this. I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him, the Father who sent me, they have eternal life and you will not come under judgment, but you have passed from death into life. We need to understand that eternal life is not an object that you can obtain. It's an endless quality of existence with God because your faith in Jesus Christ. That's what you need to be turning to. And I'm, I'm telling you what, this is something that is wonderful for any new convert to get their hand hold of. You need to live by that verse. Let me, let me give it to you again. John chapter 5, verse 24. Memorize that. Understand that. And realize that your salvation has nothing to do with you except simply believing and trusting in Jesus and letting him lead your path. That is the beginning of your eternal life. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Your eternal life is not something you obtain. It's something Christ has already obtained for you. It is an endless quality of existence with God the Father in heaven and with Jesus Christ the Son forever and ever and ever because of simply trusting that Jesus Christ took your penalty and you don't have to be judged for the sins that you've committed, the sin that you was born in, the sins that you've walked in since you were, were born and walked on this earth, no matter how old you are. Jesus paid that price and justice has been served on your behalf upon one named Jesus on that cross of Calvary. And if you have faith in him, if you've believed in him, that grace and mercy is all yours for the receiving. Amen. God bless you. Play it over and over. It'll help you. I'm telling you, it will help you out a lot. God bless you. I'll see you on episode two.